Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork. Close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. On this week's show we're looking back on the year that was and counting down the top 10 West Cork sporting moments from 2019. This of course is a subjective list and if we've missed anything out that you think belongs you can forward all your complaints to Kieran, who is available at sport at southernstar.ie. So don't bother getting in touch with me. Kieran is the man who's compiled most of this list. So all complaints to Kieran. Well, Kieran, without further ado, let's kick things off straight away, and in no particular order. I question that as well. We'll start with the surprise, surprise, the roars, namely Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy. No, in all seriousness, Paul and Fintan claimed gold at the World Championships. In Austria back in August. Kieran, this was Paul's fourth world goal, Finton's first. So just sum up how big a deal this was, both in an Irish context and in a world context. First off, Jack, thanks for putting all the blame on me for this. So I'm not in all seriousness with with, with Paul and Finton. When you're supposing you're looking at the top moments of the year, in the time you've people from West Cork or sports people from West Cork who are crowned the very best in the world, you know, that's a massive achievement in itself. And over the last number of years, we've been very lucky that the Skibbereen Roars have been kind of punching at, at international level. Um, they are, like you said there, Paul has won four world goals. That's four world goals in, in, in a row. Incredible achievement, um, Fintan's first. And the beauty of this one, this world goal too, this most recent one in the Irish lightweight double, is that they've also qualified the boat for next year's Olympics. So it was like double celebration at the World Championships in Austria. They won gold, but they also got the boat at the next year's Olympics, which is um, something to look forward to next year. So, um, yeah, so it was, an, again, an incredible achievement by Skibbereen's Roars, who have put Skibbereen on the international map these last couple of years. And Kieran, a conversation we had on this podcast around the time they won the gold was the argument for... Paula Donovan potentially being Ireland's greatest ever athlete. Now, I know it's hard to say that about someone when they're still competing. It'll be easier to look back maybe in 20 years and look at his achievements and maybe put it into some context with other um, former athletes, retired athletes. But I think it's it's fair to put him into the conversation at this point. Four world goals and an Olympic silver. like That's an incredible run of success. Thanks. That's exactly it, Jack. What you can say right now is that he is Ireland's greatest ever rower. That's without no one can argue that point. Like you've listed off what he's won there in terms of world goals, and he's been a European champion. He's an Olympic silver medalist, um, and so on. So he's standing as Ireland's greatest ever rower cannot be disputed. Um, he's an incredible athlete. I always kind of feel that he doesn't get the credit he deserves on the, the national stage when it comes to the conversations about oh, who is the best sports person in Ireland. And you look at um, the recent RTE Sports Awards and I know himself and Finton were nominated for the team of the year, but Paul didn't even make the shortlist, I think, for the or the long list even for the RTE Sports Person of the Year. And again, this is a man who, be, who was a world champion um, in 2019. He's the greatest roar this country has ever produced. And... 
maybe it'll it'll take for for Paul and Ian Order to win gold at next year's Olympics in Tokyo for people to kind of finally realise Jesus, this lad is is something special. Um, maybe too the fact that Paul isn't probably in the media spotlight as much anymore as he was in his early days. Maybe that counts against him because in the last year or so you're kind of hard pressed to find any interview with Paul with Paul O'Donovan. Um, he's just not doing it at the moment. He's um, he's at the Plowing Championships um, once a year and one or two other bits and pieces. But besides that, we're not seeing too many Paul O'Donovan interviews in in I suppose the, the national media. So maybe his profile is suffering a small bit because of that because people aren't hearing his voice and hearing what he has to say but if you're judging it on talent alone the man is phenomenal so he needs to be in that conversation I think the idea that he'd have to win gold to get full credit is a bit far-fetched when you consider like Ireland's most well Ireland's most famous modern Olympian is arguably Sonia Sullivan mm-hmm. who won a silver also and yeah, she didn't come back and win gold Paul has a good chance of doing that I think when people are still competing, people don't really like to look on them as mm. the greatest. But yeah, to not have been nominated That's for Sports Star of the Year was questionable. There was a few other questionable absentees from that list when you take into account your county man, Oshin Murphy, who was champion jockey in Britain and won the Tokyo Cup in Japan. That's just another example yeah. of someone who's overlooked. Maybe it's the fact that they're niche sports rowing horse racing, but... They're not that niche in Ireland, like. Like, if you look at rowing for a second, like rowing is like the greatest amateur sport that there is. It's an international sport. Like all the big nations, from your USA, your Australia, your Great Britain's, they're all heavily invested in rowing, kind of. And for Ireland to have three, um, three or four crews, sorry, four crews already qualified for next year's Olympics, like kind of for a small country, we're really kind of going, we're really kind of succeeding in 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 the rowing world at the moment. So, um. Yes, I just I just don't know why Paul's not in those conversations. He should be. Hopefully that will change. But like you said there, maybe it's seen because rowing might be seen as a minority sport. You know, it's not one of the, the GA or the soccer or the rugby. So, and uh, let's be honest about it as well. Uh, knowing Paul as you do, and just from my brief interactions with him, he doesn't strike me as someone who's going to care if he's nominated no, for RT Sports. There. Absolutely he not. He just wants to just. get to the Olympics and win a gold medal. That's all his focus is on. So... Uh, we can crave and moan, but he's not going to care too much. And just before we move on from that achievement, you mentioned Ireland already have their boats qualified for next year's Olympics. But the big question is, who's going to sit beside Paul in the lightweight double? So obviously he won gold with Finton. His brother Gary is still very much on the scene. And uh, there's several others in contention. Shane O'Driscoll. Shane O'Driscoll is back in the kind of, he's the... The wild card I described him as um, he's dropped back down from heavyweight to lightweight. So yeah, we're about eight months out. What's your gut feeling? Oh Jesus, I'm not going to call it no because I'm going to get it wrong. Um, you, it's it's so hard to know. You would think that since Finton, Finton has to be in pole position. Finton has stage. to like he's in the seat at the moment. Like he, Finton and Paul won gold at the recent World Championship, so Finton is in the he's sitting in that seat at the moment. Um, you have Gary chomping at the bit to get back in. To be fair to Gary, earlier in the year he did get injured. Um, when he was out in New Zealand so that held him back this year and that's how he lost his place too he just wasn't fast enough at the trials Finton and Paul were the fastest boat when they trialled during the summer Shane O'Driscoll is the very interesting one coming back into this because um, in his, his younger days Shane was a super super roar well he still is a super roar but Shane and Paul are always kind of the top two so it's going to be very interesting I'm not going to call it because I can't call it now because um, I know there's been a couple of trials so far but Different lads have missed different trials for different reasons. They've been sick, injured, and and and, and so on. So um, it's going to be very, very interesting. But what we do know 
whatever combination Ireland will send to next year's Olympics in the lightweight double, it will be two skibbereen men and they will be favoured for gold. That alone puts a lot of pressure on them. You know, kind of um, go back to 2016 when Gary and Paul went to the Rio Olympics. They weren't even considered a, a medal prospect. They were ranked, I think, 11th or so, um, or maybe 5th or going into that Olympics. Um, so they were very much kind of the new kids on the block. But whatever double Ireland sends over to Tokyo next year, there will be expectation on on, on those two rowers. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And that's a podcast for 2020 already started there, Jack. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll move on from a big international story to a more focused local story. And that is the one of Dohany's ladies finally landing a county championship at the fourth time of asking Kieran. This is a, we, 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 we've spoken to a number of the players on the podcast this year, and this was just kind of like they've been at knocking at that they've door, been knocking at the oh. door for so long. They finally got over the line this year, um, led by a number of Cork players, obviously. So just maybe sum up what it meant to Donnie's and how important it was for them going forward. This is one of my favourite stories of the year. It's the Donnie's ladies winning the County Junior B Football Championship. The three years previous, the Donnie's ladies got to that County Junior B final and they lost on every occasion. So kind of to lose one county final is tough. To lose two county finals in a row is heartbreaking. To lose three county finals in a row, we're almost thinking I'm going to pack this up and just do something else. Um, But they came back again this year and they won the county junior B final and they won it by a single point. I think it was against Middleton and it was a, it was a young minor player who got the winning score very late on. So even when they won it, it was in dramatic circumstances. But the great lesson there, I think, for all teams is just don't give up, you know. That Donnie's ladies team, like I said, they could have packed it in because after losing three county finals, but they didn't. They went again and they finally got to where they where they, they kind of wanted to be, you know. Um, so it's a, an incredible story, kind of, like I said, just don't give up. It just shows it shows what you can do if you really invest in something. They worked really, really hard and they got their just rewards. And the star attraction on that team, I think it's safe to say, was Melissa Duggan, who went on to win her first All-Star for her exploits with the Cork ladies this year. It's so just another good story for the Dottonese club, I guess. Oh, she's been incredible. Melissa, kind of, the last three or four years, um, she kind of got her break with the West Cork ladies senior football team four years ago. A spot of white Cork, and this is after her third season with Cork, and um, she finally got the All Star she deserved. She's been one of the top defenders in the country for the last three seasons. So, for Melissa to get her All Star to play an important role in Donny's winning the County Junior B title, she was recently named the Munster Ladies Footballer of the Year. She captained the Munster team to the Inter Pros in November as well. She picked up a West Cork Sports Star All West Cork Sports Star Monthly Award earlier in the year for her role in Cork winning the the National Football League Division 1 final where she scored a goal against Dublin in the semi-final and she was named on the Division 1 um, team of the year so an incredible year for Melissa who was one of the the nicest sports people you can meet in West Cork she's always a good laugh I always have a good crack with Melissa she's just kind of on, on, the, on the pitch she's a warrior but she's so softly spoken off the pitch she's always a a split second away from a, a laugh and a giggle so it is always great to see um see the good people rewarded and uh so yeah it's a great year for for the Donnie's ladies um and just on, before we finish with the Donnie's ladies um Martina Collins is, is their captain and Joe McCarthy has an interview in our in the year kind of um in the year sports supplement where he was he's talking to Martina which is out December 27th yeah and the it's day after St. Stephen's Day the day after yeah to Friday so mark it in your diaries 28 pages of the don't be worried when there's no star in the shop on 
Thursday the 26th. The 27th. It's out to Friday. But he's jurors an interview with, with Martina Collins, the Donny's captain from this year. And it goes back to the end of last year after Donny's lost that third county final in a row. And Martina is, is a guard in Waterford. And one day at work, she just started crying. Because it kind of, just after losing the third county final, it kind of hit her again, like we've lost again. So it just showed how much it meant to these players and, and this, this kind of band of sisters, these this group of Donny women. So um, for them to come back, like I'm repeating myself here, but for, for them to come back from those setbacks and heartbreaks is um, is phenomenal for them. So huge congrats again to the Donny ladies. Yeah, that was a great story and we enjoyed covering it throughout the year. We're going to stick with Gaelic football for our third top, for our third top moment of 2019, again, in no particular order. And that was the Cork Under-20s All-Ireland success led by Island Rovers clubman Peter O'Driscoll who captained the side and Kieran, just looking at your review of the sporting year which um, again comes out on December 27th the thing that stood out to you was the final itself you were there and it was an absolute cracker oh my god like kind of even as a Kerryman this has had kind of the, the hairs on, standing on, on the back of my neck um, it was just an incredible game an incredible occasion kind of it was a very highly rated Dublin team they had a young fella Kieran Archer and he'd something like nine ten or nine something scored in a couple of games going into this. Like he's a real hot shot. And when Dublin were kind of one six to north score up early on, we were like, Oh Jesus, this is only going to go one way. This could get quite messy quite fast. But then bang bang bang, three car goals came in a flash, and the game has turned on its head. I think there was a seventeen point turnaround in this game, which is quite incredible. Um like Cork played some superb football on the pitch and one of the kind of standout memories for me is the press box um, is at the back of the stand um, in Port Leash. In Port Leash, and the whole Cork stand, the whole stand, sorry, it was like a Cork stand. It was all Cork fans because Cork had actually played Kilkenny in the All Ireland under under twenty hurling semi final just before it, and all the Cork fans stayed on. And the noise you could you could feel the kind of the energy coming off the crowd right onto the pitch, and it was very telling too. At half time, as the as Cork and Dublin were leaving the pitch. Keith Rickon, the Cork under 20 manager, kept his players on the pitch for a couple of seconds longer to hear the noise from the fans because they were being roared off. And it was a really, really special moment. And then in the second half, Cork just kicked on. And it was 316 to 114 that they won by in the end after trailing by 1-6 to no score. So they outscored Dublin by 316 to 8 points. And you could say 50 minutes of football. Like It was an incredible display. And extra special for us in West Cork is... There was such a strong West Cork influence. You mentioned Peter Driscoll there. He was the captain. You had Morris Shandy from Clannacilty, Garoda Donovan from Newcestown, um, Damien Gore, Kilmackaby, Mac Hodnett, Carby Rangers, Fionn Hurlihead, Dawnies, David Buckley, Newcestown, Ian Jennings, Kilmackaby, and Rory Maguire, Castlehaven. They're all involved on the Cork panel. And as Peter Driscoll said, as he lifted the cup um, up in Port Leash and the sea of red kind of looking up at him, he said, We're back, baby. And um, I think it was just just great for Cork football just to get that boost to get another Ireland back in the county. Yeah, and um, two other memorable things about the year were, of course, manager Keith Rickens' fabulous post-match interviews that he gave and kept the country entertained when they went viral on Facebook and Twitter. Hopefully, we'll be able to get him on sometime in the new year to to talk us through the year itself. You mentioned the West Cork spine, but also like the scenes at the homecoming. The West Cork homecoming, because as you mentioned, there were so many West Cork players involved. So when the homecoming was held down at the Island Rovers Club grounds, 
people came from all over West Cork to support their their local heroes and um, there was videos posted online that day as well and just the the, the excitement in the air at all Ireland Cup back in West Cork. Oh, that's brilliant. And even go back to at the start of the Munster Championship, Cork's Munster semi final against Waterford was was played in Clonakilty, and it was just great to see an inter county game played down here in West Cork in in Clon, and there was a big crowd there that day. So West Cork certainly played its, its role in this. And even going back to the, the to the under twenty league that was just on before the championship, and um, there was a Cork and Kerry game in Clonakilty too. So it was great to have inter county games down here in West Cork and. Hopefully we'll see more of that next year and the years ahead. Well, from the Gaelic football field to the sprinting track and, of course, the Balanine bullet, Phil Healy. She had an up-and-down year, which was interspersed with injuries alongside some success. 2020 is obviously going to be mm-hmm. her biggest year to date, possibly in her career. But uh, focusing on 2019 for now, uh, how do you think it fared for her? The reason I'm kind of putting Phil Healy into the kind of the sport and highlights of the year is it's almost like the Donnie's ladies in a way. It's that warrior element, you know, kind of the it kind of separates these sports people from from everyone else. Um, I always remember Phil's coach Shane McCormack telling me years ago that that Phil reminds him of Roy Keane, that she has this kind of steely determination kind of behind her eyes, kind of, and that's not something you'd associate with Phil Healy. You kind of think of her as this kind of Ireland's fastest woman and she's such a polite, pleasant and um, personal person. But she has obviously this warrior um, warrior gene, you could say, or this warrior element about her. The warrior code, as Chris Eubanks Sr. would say. Exactly, because go back to this year, she broke her metatarsal back in April. She was on a warm weather training camp out in out in Malta, a place you know quite well, Jack. Um, do indeed. The, the old town in Valletta, she kind of, she stumbled there on the cobbled, the cobbled streets, kind of, snapped her a metatarsal could have been a lot lot worse she was quite lucky she was millimeters away from a very very serious injury but 12 weeks to the day after she broke her metatarsal she was actually back racing at the world university championships in naples and for for her even to make it back onto, onto the track for that was a victory in itself because she only started running a couple of weeks before that because she was in a cast for so long so um it just shows that we're dealing with a very very special sports person here she still achieved an awful lot in 2019, kind of national titles, indoor titles. Um, she went to the, the World Athletics Championships in Doha in September for for the first time. Um, again, coming off the back of that injury, so maybe she wasn't where she wanted to be, but still, for her to be at that level, was um, it just shows the ilk and the kind of calibre of, of Phil Healy. Next year is the big one, though. She wants to get to the Tokyo Olympics. Um, she has a very, very good chance of getting there, which would be... Amazing that we'll have the Balanine Bullet kind of um, racing the, the bullet trains over in Tokyo. She'll be hopefully winging her way there. There's different ways of getting to the Olympics. She'll either have to hit the 200 metre qualifying time, which is a lot harder than usual. Um, it's kind of, I think it's 0.2 of a second um, faster than her current PB at the moment. But she does feel that she can hit that. Otherwise, there's a new ranking system in place where she's to finish in the top 52 or top 56 athletes um, in the world and she's currently I think in the mid 30s there so um, she's on track at the moment to get there but she still has a bit to do so she needs a good couple of races early in the year to kind of get her over the line and hopefully Phil will be heading to the Olympics next year Absolutely and staying with athletics the next sporting highlight of 2019 in West Cork according to Southern Star sports editor Kieran McCarthy is the successes 
of Daryl McEnheny, the Glen Gareth middle and long distance runner. His highlight was probably the European bronze medal, but there was also good performances when he's stepped up to junior as well, or from junior to senior. When you're talking about, because Dara's highlight being the bronze medal at the under-20 European Championships in Sweden in the summer, where he came third in the 5,000 metres, initially he was gutted. He wasn't happy with a bronze medal. Um, we had him on the podcast the year before he went out, and he was gunning for gold. He was the, one of the favourites going out there. He was uh, the fastest in the European rankings. Um, it's kind of the race itself kind of turned out not the way he wanted it to but still to come home with a bronze medal from a European Championships is a, is a fierce achievement uh, it's a unique club he's now in and it includes John Tracy's silver medal in 1975 and Mark Carroll's gold in 1991 as Irish athletes to have won medals at the European under 20s in the 5000 metres so it's a very unique club so um, for Dara to be in the company of the likes of John Tracy and Mark Carroll it shows you again the calibre of of a young sportsman from from, from Gareth. Um he had a very very good year. In fairness to him, um, he set PBs set it into three three thousand meters and five thousand meters. He also performed well at European Cross Country Championships in Lisbon. Just this month, he finished twelfth, twelfth there. Um, he's best placing. He's now moving on to the senior ranks in twenty twenty. So there's a lot more to come from him. It's also a year he started college up in up in Dublin. I think he's up in UCD now. So it's been a year of it's been a big year for him. A year of fun. change. year of change. But he's still <clears throat> knocking out the PBs. He's still performing at international level. He's winning Europeans, European bronze medals. So um, he really is a top, top prospect. And we're going to see a lot more of him in years to come. And just to go back to... See, this 2020 is an Olympic year. Go back to 2016 when Dara was just 14 or 15 when he was flown out to Rio as a training partner for... Um, for Arthur Lanigan O'Keefe and uh, Natalie Coyle when they were in the pentathlon. You think that he was only 15 and he was used as their training partner. So he's shows been, the level he's at. Oh yeah, he's been on the radar for some time and it's great to see him now kind of starting to realise his potential and there is more to come. So 2020 will be a big year, his first year senior. So looking forward to that one. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast and we're going to continue our countdown of the top 10 in no particular order sporting it's moments. It's probably safer to say it's in no particular order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of 2019 West Cork sporting moments, that is. And the next one we're going to talk about is, is probably, and I would say probably, maybe undoubtedly, the, the GAA story of the year in West Cork from a local perspective. In any, in any case, maybe the under-20s All-Ireland win surpasses it. But at a purely local level... St. James's Kieran. This is a story that you took great joy out of covering and just maybe sum up sum up the year itself for the club and what it meant for them and just the overall story itself from your perspective. It's kind of stories like this is where I love my job because this is incredible. This was start of the year St. James is probably well, there's all probably they weren't one of the teams you would say that were considered for the Carby Junior A football championship. Um 
seen as an aging team, their 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 time had come and gone. They'd never won a Carberry Junior A football title. I don't even think they'd ever got the Carberry Junior A football final before. Um, so for them to come along this year and win the Carberry Junior A was it's the stuff of dreams. Absolutely spectacular. They beat Plunkett's twice. They beat Tyg McCarrug. They did the big Argentine Rangers in the semi final before beating Bell in the final. So for the first time in I think in their 127 year history. St. James's were Carberry Junior A football championships. Absolutely incredible stuff. Um, when you consider too that either 11 or 12 of the starting 15 in the final were 30 years or over. So kind of experience counts, I suppose, Jack. It shows, you know, kind of it's it, it's it's a club too. St. James's, they didn't field an under 21 minor or under 16 team this year because they're just struggling for numbers. Thankfully, they kind of go further down the age grades, under 12, under 14, the signs are a lot more encouraging, so um, which is good news for for the future because we all know the plight of rural GA clubs where numbers can be thin on the ground, and um, so for James's to have numbers coming up is is very encouraging. But what's also encouraging is that these young footballers and hurdlers now have heroes to kind of aspire to and achievements that they'd hope to emulate in years to come. That well, this St James's kind of team of 2019 they go down in legend as in St James's club history but even Carbage history because it's a story that really captured the imagination of everyone there was so much goodwill towards St James's um, not only only did they win West Cork but they went all the way to the county final too came up short against a very very strong Kilchanig team there and there was no they lost nothing in defeat there really because they weren't expected to win I think that was one of nearly the, the biggest things about their show on this year after they won this legendary Carberry Junior A Football Championship, they could have easily put their feet up mm-hmm. and just celebrated and done the absolute dog on it. And they would have deserved to have done that. But they refocused and managed to fight their way to a county final, which is, is incredible, especially considering you mentioned nearly the entire team yeah. is over the age of 30. So it's not like they had a huge panel of players to pick from. And it was the following weekend, I think, they played their first round of the county. They beat Bell on the Sunday. And I... I, I could be wrong here but I think it's the, actually the following weekend they played Cove in the first round of the and county hammered and they hammered them it was like 18 points to 2 or, or something like that um, so for them to refocus and reset so quickly after such a monumental achievement for the club was incredible really and one of the other big stories of St James's was goalkeeper Dermot O'Donovan um, 9 championship games not 1 goal conceded um, incredible so that's the 5 Caribbean games and the 4 games in the county kept a clean sheet on every one Obviously, the James's defence deserves a huge amount of credit for that. But for for Dermot O'Donovan to go the whole championship campaign without without conceding a goal is um his legend is is assured kind of as well. So an incredible season for St James's. Absolutely, and uh, as we mentioned, an absolute pleasure to cover and hear from all the lads throughout the year as well. The next sporting moment on our list is Bandon's Connor Howrahan. And that free kick against Georgia. Right. I think it's safe to say that was probably the highlight of his professional career to this point. It was a hugely important goal considering where Ireland are now. If they hadn't taken all three points against Georgia that night at the Aviva, mm-hmm. we may have even missed out on the play- on the playoffs incredibly. But despite a tennis ball protest which delayed the free kick being taken for the bones of five minutes, the Bandon dynamo stood there cold eye dead eye oh, yeah. waited for his moment and then curled it around the wall unleashed then, that 
Magical left foot if he's the next thing. Bang. Top corner. It was it was an absolute peach of a free kick. Uh, he, he's had a superb year. Um, in our in the year sports review, that's out on Friday the 27th. Am I right yeah. there, Jack? Yeah. Make a note of that. Friday the 27th, of course, the star is usually always out on a Thursday. But the 26th is St. Stephen's mm. Day, which is the Thursday of that week. And... Even star staff need some time off, so we're taking yeah. Christmas Day off. Twenty sixth is uh, Turkey Stuffing Sandwich Day. Exactly. So, so the star yeah. will be out in all good news agents on the twenty seventh. But anyway, back to the. But with, with the Connor point. for in this kind of our, our sports supplement, our India review, what I've done, I've looked back on Connor's top ten moments from twenty nineteen. And when you think you're trying to put together kind of a list of top ten moments on one particular person, that can be kind of quite hard. But it actually wasn't like. He's had such a phenomenal twenty nineteen from from this this goal against Georgia, like this this winner um, in the Aviva, this one little win in the Euro, Euro twenty uh, twenty qualifier. The Saturday before that, he was man of the match against Gibraltar away as Ireland won one nil. Um, there was a playoff final when Villa went up to the Premier League. There was his his Premier League debut when um, against Spurs in the first day of the season, when Connor became West Cork's first ever Premier League footballer. There was his first goal then, I think it was against Norwich, um, his first Premier League goal. And he became one of those few players who scored in League 2, League 1 Championship and the the, 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 the Premier League. Then against Newcastle um, in November, he got another superb free kick with that left foot of his and set up another goal in a 2-0 Villa win. So it's been highlight after highlight after highlight, even though there have been a couple of lowlights in there for him in a way. Because since Villa have got to the Premier League, he's been in and out of the team. Um... I suppose it is a step up, you know, kind of probably takes time to acclimatise, but he's got his couple of goals. He's a couple of goals in the Carabao Cup as well. Um, Aston Villa taking on Liverpool in the Carabao Cup quarterfinals too. So um, chance there for him to hopefully up his goal telly. He, by could, he could be up against uh, Keller, Dun, Dunmanway, man. Uh, Keller, yeah, that's another good good local link there. So an incredible year for, for Connor. But I did go for that free kick against Ireland, uh, that free kick for Ireland against Georgia. Because it was just a, a magical moment. And it actually felt like the moment he arrived at the international scene because he played a good couple of games before that. But a few of those were kind of a bit part friendly. Every before. professional footballer needs those standout moments that when you're doing a, a career retrospective mm. after they retired, the moments that they can show in the package. The highlights before, read, yeah. Yeah, and he, he has his his ultimate highlight for Ireland now the first of many hopefully but he, he has he yeah. has one major one at least just felt like the moment that he arrived and we kind of finally got to see just Connor can really add something to this Irish team um, so yeah another good year for Connor, and hopefully there's more to come from him in Ireland in 2020 especially those kind of dodgy qualifiers oh, early in the new year I can't even I sleepless nights thinking about them we'll leave that next year though yeah absolutely so uh, congratulations to Connor there the next moment on our list was a man who we had in the podcast studio only a few weeks back for an in-depth chat about his sporting career and life in general and it's fair to say the reaction we got from listeners and viewers on youtube was one of what a what a guy basically what a guy this man is and that is of course tony stevenson of the west cork kickboxing club who won his second wacko world kickboxing championship 10 years after he'd won his first so Mm. a 10-year break between his two world titles there's plenty of reasons for that which he goes into in that podcast interview that he did with Kieran a few weeks back but at for 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 his probably the last number of years consistently 
Tony's teammate Lily Delacour has been the standout from the West Cork Kickboxing Club and she still is she won silver at this year's Worlds as well but Tony once again announced himself as a world class kickboxer again when he won this this year and it's brilliant like we kind of mentioned with with Paul and uh, Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy um, like to have world champions coming from West Cork is phenomenal like and Tony kind of kind of he can stand side by side with the likes of of Fintan McCarthy and Paulo Donovan in 2019 because Tony's also a, a world champion um, it, it meant so much to him to win the, the gold in his uh, minus 69 kg category in Sarajevo in October um, as you tell us in the podcast a few weeks ago Jack he's a he's a lot more mature now than he was back in 2009 when he won it for the first time <coughs> back in 2009 I think he, when he came home he said he was looking for some recognition kind of look at what I've achieved and You'd understand that too. He was only only eighteen. He was only a young fella, you know, kind of. Um, but now he's in a, he's in a sort of far better place in a way. Kind of, you know, kind of a lovely partner, beautiful baby girl, kind of job with West Cork Kickboxing Club. He's teaching classes. Um, obviously loves his sport. Kind of Ian Kingston and that gang at West Cork West Cork Kickboxing Club. So there's a great unit and great family there. So for Tony to to have all that and then to win world gold and again do it against the odds because he was one of the older fighters in his category and um and he had to fight in his second fight he fought the was it the reigning world champion some russian lad um who's only kind of lost once in the last couple of years so for tony to kind of to beat the best on his way to becoming the best you know kind of makes it very very special and again it's a world champion here in west cork and again too it's west cork kickboxing club because you mentioned lily de la Cour there and the juniors over the years have bringing home the medals. I think it was um, Grania Begley a couple of year, years ago. She was a, a junior world kickboxing champion. Um, the West Cork Kickboxing Club juniors that went to the European Championships this year had another superb year. So it's a club that continually puts West Cork on the international map. So yeah, so Tony Stevenson um, has punched his way onto our top 10 moments punched of the year. and kicked. Yeah, and I'm without, not going, I'm without, not going to argue with him. So without kicking, kickboxing, without well. punching, kick. Yeah, so he's. Uh, well, you, can, you can be sure that Tony will not be the last world champion to come from the West Cork Kickboxing Club because, as you mentioned, the juniors who went to the European, there's some extremely talented fighters there as well, and will be probably covering the West Cork Kickboxing Club for years to come as they continue to win gold and world titles. But anyway, the next sporting highlight of 2019 in West Cork is the success of West Cork rugby essentially yeah the success a number of West Cork rugby players have had at provincial and international level um, we're going to focus on the men for the purposes of this but I think the women from West Cork who competed at international level You've, yeah. were just as deserving as players oh, on this list 100% like, like Inya Breen and Laura Sheehan obviously on the Ireland senior women's team in the Six Nations earlier in the year kind of they both made their Six Nations debut even going back a couple of months ago to there was eight Skibbereen rugby club um, girls on the Munster under 18 women's team that won the Interpro Emer Minahan got player of the tournament Emma Connolly was the top scorer in that final against Ulster I think it was she got 16 points um, so yeah they're superb year for, for West Cork rugby as, as a whole you've the likes of Feline Witcherly playing for Munster in the Champions Cup against Saracens um Darren Sweetnam obviously still with Munster. Um, Gavin and Liam Coombs are in with the Munster A's and involved with Munster. But what we've gone for is Josh Witcherly and John Hodnett 
War and uh, Ireland under 20 rugby team that won the under 26 nations Grand Slam earlier in the year and again a phenomenal achievement for, for this team and Josh from Kekel and John Hodnett from from Oscarbury they played crucial roles in, in Ireland's success um, to win a Grand Slam is an incredible achievement and have two West Cork fellas powering pouring Ireland over the line uh, makes it all the more sweeter and there are two fellas with two big futures as well um Josh Witcherly is obviously Finneen Witcherly's younger brother. And um, it's kind of the year Josh stepped out of Finneen's shadow. Uh, Quite a shadow as well. Oh, yeah. Kind of, Finneen is four inches yeah. taller than Josh. Like, don't ask me how I know these things. Finneen stands at six foot four and Josh is six foot tall. So Finneen is the bigger man. But if you go back to this, one, this Six Nations under 20 campaign earlier in the year, Josh was a powerhouse. He got two tries against France in Ireland's win up at Irish Independent Park. And that was the win... I think it was 31-29 that clinched the, the Grand Slam and Judd Hoddett was just a powerful presence throughout this entire Six Nations campaign so the two boys for their for for their roles in Ireland's success and what Ireland achieved they definitely deserve to kind of have their name on this list and they both went off into the Rugby Under 20 World Cup in Argentina um, in the summer kind of Ireland came up against some very very strong teams there I think they played they beat England over there they lost to Australia and New Zealand but they were decimated by injuries they lost a couple of players before they went over then tournament rugby itself by its very nature you're going to pick up injuries and Ireland lost a good few players throughout the tournament but for, for Josh and John to kind of take their game to the next level to represent Ireland so well represent West Cork so well and um, I was on the not bringing it back to the book Something in the Water which is still on sale and which is still a fantastic Christmas present you still have time to go out to your local bookshop and order it but I was up with Dunico Callan and Game On and 2FM a couple of weeks ago we were chatting off here after just about West Cork Rugby and he was just talking about Josh and John Hodness amongst many others and he, he was saying it's phenomenal at the moment to see the strength of rugby in, in West Cork and uh, the conveyor belt of talent coming out of there like kind of like he's saying Munster's blown away by, what, by what's coming out of West Cork at the moment and you can fully believe it you know it is incredible the conveyor belt at the moment so um, Josh and John again deserve their places in the top 10 yeah so continued success to all involved in West Cork rugby going into 2020 now the last moment on our list is is a big one in terms of the man's position in the sport for talking and if you, after the, the next break we're going to have some honourable mentions and our own personal moment of the year from the list but the last one we're going to focus on now was Noel Feely the copy and jockey his retirement from the sport following an unprecedented level of success throughout his career just a stat that I want to read out before before we go delve deeper into Noel's career but He's a genuine all-time great for people who don't know. Noel Feely is mm-hmm. a, a copying jockey who I don't think gets near enough the amount of credit he deserves, especially in Ireland. Over in the UK, he seems to be a bit more appreciated. But just put into context the names that he stands beside in the time all-time list. So in January 2019, the Racing Post um, posted the list of the top five active jockeys by amounts of winners they've had in the UK and Ireland. So number one is Richard Johnson, who's had well over 3,000 winners. He's mm-hmm. a champion jockey the last four years in a row in the UK. Then the next few, this, now, again, these were still riding in January 2019. Noel's obviously retired since, as has number two on the list, who was Ruby Walsh, like one of the greatest sportsmen to ever come from Ireland, as well as Barry Garrity 
and Davy Russell in third and fourth position. Also, two of the all-time greats. And names people know in every household throughout the country, whether they like horse racing or not. People know Ruby Walsh. People know Barry Garrity. People know Davy Russell. Fifth on that list was Copeen's Noel Feely. Fifth, along with Ruby Walsh, Barry Garrity, Davy Russell, and, of course, Richard Johnson, who's a UK-based jockey. But I don't think Noel is quite as well-known as the other three, no, which, I, which I don't know why. But it's strange, isn't it? When you consider that's what he's put, achieved. That's like. just putting into context. He's a genuine all-time great job jockey one of the greatest ever and i'm it's not hyperbole to say that Mm -hmm. when you see his name listed alongside ruby barry and davy like people know ruby barry and davy by their first name you said no like i as a racing fan would know but to every man on the street they might not but i just wanted to put that out there so for people who i wonder who knows who he is that's literally the level he's i wonder is that because because he's achieved all his success i would say across the water and that people here aren't they haven't taken as much interest or notice in it as they should because he Noel Feely is one of the greatest sports people West Cork has ever produced he's a ever yeah ever produced kind of what that man has gone like he, he left Ireland that was it Jesus 15 20 years ago now and what he's achieved over there is because he he's a late bloomer in some respects Jack. Yeah. like you know more about this than I would um but he's a late bloomer in, in some respects for and for him to get over 1300 winners I think it is and even his success in some of the big ones you know kind of chelted him and so on kind of uh, is he over 10 grade one winners is he on uh, off the top of my head I would say definitely but I don't know oh, but let's just list out some of the winners he had at Chetland then so these will be the ones that are more familiar to to the sports fan who maybe isn't totally focused you read out here, yeah? so what we have is Rock on Ruby in 2012 um, Bavode Bef- Air in 2017 uh, we would just get that right Air Boobard Air in 2017 I was, I, I was never good at French in school would you believe that <laughs> I did pass French from my leaving so what is it Bavode Air Boobard Air Boobard Air yeah so Boobard Air is probably one of the most famous horses from the last five years so we should, butchered, we should butchered we should, we should probably get his name right those of you who listen to the podcast regularly will recognise the commentary in the opening sting uh-huh. which is Noah Feely riding Boobard Air to victory in the in the champion hurdle I'll say the next one so because I'm not I'm going to butcher that one as well <laughs> there was special tiara back in 2017 yeah and I just wanted, I was there in 2017 when special tiara won the champion chase I was at Cheltenham but my favourite horse I, I'd have to say is, is probably Duvan and Duvan was favoured for the champion chase special tiara was ridden by Noel Feely Duvan finished unplaced an absolute shocker and people thought People still don't know what happened. But Special Tiara won. I was uh, I was upset, but I was still happy because Noel had guided Special Tiara to victory. So it was like a silver lining. Speaking of silver, no, this is a pretty naff segue. But he also <laughs> won the King George twice with Silviniaco Conti in 2014 and 2013. I wouldn't have, would have got there with that one. <laughs> but you, you've written here, what a career, what a legend. And he bowed out on his own terms because you, you say he bowed out how we wanted about yeah know, after he won a Cheltenham this year on a rank outsider 50 to 1 Aidan Tyne de Soil he announced his retirement on the spot mm-hmm. and he retired a couple of weeks later at Newbury yeah but and without the winner again there which was <laughs> he did but I wonder like if Aidan Tyne de Soil hadn't won a Cheltenham that day I don't think he would have announced his retirement but it was just a perfect moment how oh. could you not and yeah, like for, I think for a sports person to be able to retire on your own terms like it's quite special especially kind of, in sport when so many retire thanks to injury yeah you're kind of forced you're forced into yeah. retirement like he he kind of like he's obviously suffered like some serious injuries over the last couple of years and he'd his own troubles early on in the year with his appendix and so on so for, for Noel to get back in I suppose to win in Cheltenham you know kind of it was just I think retirement was, in, was on his mind anyway like he was trying to find the right moment in and it just felt right for him 
And um, so for him to go on his own terms is just, it's kind of, it's a very fitting way for him to end his career. When I think of, even go back in sport over the year, like I always think of Kentina, Eric Kentina, he went out yeah. on his own terms back in, what's that, just 97, 98, you know, kind of. Um, so it's kind of, I just think it's quite special and quite, um, I suppose for the, for the athlete and the sports person himself to know that you weren't pushed yeah. or you weren't kind of nudged off to the side or you weren't forced, you know. So when, makes, when jockeys do announce their retirement after having a winner at a big festival, we saw it with Katie Walsh at Punchestown the previous year. She had a winner and she said, it's time to go. That's Ruby's sister. So Noel done it at Cheltenham this year. And it gives the fans a chance to say thanks in mm-hmm. the moment. Like not many other sports get that. So the jockey's given this post-race interview after winning in front of 60 or 70,000 people, whatever it may be. And he just goes, oh yeah, that's probably the last time I ride around Cheltenham. And tears immediately start streaming down people's face. The interviewers are always taken aback by it because oftentimes they have no idea it's going to happen. So these are the moments you live for in sport. And I remember Lydia Hislop, who is the presenter on Racing TV, formerly Racing UK, she carried out the interview with Noel Feely that day. And she just handled it so brilliantly, the emotion of the moment. Just anyone, go back and watch it. It was incredible. Noel Feely, a genuine all-time great. And what was lovely there, like you said there, kind of, there was people had a chance to say goodbye because it was in, in it, was, it was at Newbury a couple of Newbury yeah it was nine days later for getting the queue he kind of wrote a victory there kind of so there was all this kind of we kind of knew this moment was coming that this Saturday that he was he was going to retire you know his last race didn't he won it I think I think he got a standing ovation did he coming up you know yeah. all the other jockeys were out there and stuff so it was a real celebration of his career so I think it's a spectacular and very fitting way for him to bow out so um, he definitely deserves his place in my top ten before people start emailing me in with I don't need selections. I don't need that one. No, question, no. No, no. So I don't think you can have any issues with the top 10, to be quite honest. Kind of, no. There's a couple that, we get to in a couple of minutes, that were just missed out. But it's just another spectacular year for West Cork Sport. It really is a golden era. Absolutely. Well, just after this final break, we're going to pick a few honourable mentions and then each of us will pick our moment of the year from that top 10. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork. All right, welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And for those of you still tuned in, thanks thanks for sticking with us. Um, obviously, we've gone through Kieran's top 10 West Cork sporting moments of 2019 in no particular order. But before we pick our moment of the year and wrap up the show for the year, because mm-hmm. this is going to be our last show for two weeks, I guess. Will it be, so we'll take a, yeah, take a break. Kind of. Will we be back before New Year's Eve? No, probably not. not so the first week of January. First week of January, we're back. Yeah, yeah. So don't be too upset. We'll be back. We we will be back. But Kieran, a couple of honourable mentions that just missed out on the list, but deserve to be in the conversation. Yeah, the obviously the Cork Miners had a terrific win. Um, the All Ireland Minor Football Final earlier in the year. There was again a very strong West Cork link to that team. Even Barry Rose, Ryan O'Donovan came on in the in the final against Galway and scored one two. Um, so. They're very unlucky the miners to miss out on on the top ten list. Um kind of again you James McCarthy of Castlehaven was a selector of the team. Bobby Dwyer was the manager from from Orhan. There's such a strong local link to this team. Um fantastic year. That even 
the, that All Ireland minor final against Galway was incredible. I remember the, the injury time there. Galway got a goal to go three points up, and Cork came straight back in. They got a goal the other end to force to force extra time with Conor Corbett. Um, incredible game. So definitely deserves a mention. Also, Denzel Fernandez from Dream League, a soccer player from Dream League, um, won promotion with Shelburne. They're all up into the Premier Division for next year. Denzel joined Shells in, in mid-season and played his part as they got promoted. So Denzel deserves a mention. As was Ronan Hurley, actually, with Cork City. Um, Ronan's from Skull, kind of. He's forced to say full season with Cork City as left back, and he really, um, really, really impressed. Signed a new contract there a couple of weeks ago. So again, Denzel and Ronan, we've we've two local players in the the Premier Division in Irish soccer next year, and um, and big things to come from both. And I think Shells in particular are going places. So Denzel can um, can yeah. nail down a place in that team. And what he's about as well, he's he's a tricky winger. You know, kind of. I don't think he sees many as many of those players anymore. Kind of. Um, almost kind of does a wing wizard so it's kind of naturally gifted players who just kind of take take people on you know kind of and they're the soccer players I love to see you know kind of kind of put you put you on and you saw the ultimate wing wizard last night score an absolute belter for Crystal Palace in in, in big Wilfred Zaha no the ultimate wing win, wing wizard was Andrei Kinchelski as I go back to the early 1990s too what that man couldn't do he could even stand in a ball mid game and play on like he kind of um, his career went off a different well, for, track later for, on for, for, our, for our younger listeners um People who are the age of Denzel, they're not going to know who Andrew Kaczynski oh, Andrew, Andrew was a was a winger at Man United, going back in the early early nineteen nineties. Um, he was absolutely superb. You'd him in one wing, Ryan Giggs in the other wing. Talk about the ultimate balance. Mark Hughes, Brian McClare. Okay, Kieran, it's okay. Let's move it along. Let's move it along. I'm living in the past here <laughs> as United fans, so um, just bear with me. Um, also, sticking actually with soccer, that was actually a lovely segue from Andrew Kaczynski's to the West Cork schoolboys league team that won the Blackpool Cup earlier in the year so um, massive achievement for a, for a West Cork the West Cork schoolboys league to go over to Blackpool and to play some top teams over there I think it was under 13 level and they won that cup um, so absolutely incredible achievement for them so again it shows that the talent in West Cork in West Cork soccer is is quite strong um, just switching codes I'm going to just go to um, Newcastown GA club for a second and just under Camogie team the Camogie team won the intermediate title this year so they're going senior A for senior A for the first time in 2020 um, so Newcastown now have a senior Camogie team senior hurling team and senior football team which is phenomenal for a rural club to be punching at senior level in, in the three different codes is, is a credit to them and even just looking further down the ranks they're just going through a unbelievable spell at the moment in terms of West Cork and county titles their under 21 B footballers won the county under 21 B title the weekend just gone they've won a minor hurling title in the last couple of weeks um, they also have I think it's the under 21 hurling semi-final coming up so they have more trophies to play for so it's been an incredible club incredible year for Newcastle GA club and we have an interview with Hilda Hilda Keneally and Newcastle Camogie in our end of year supplement Another quick one to mention is um, Marie Nagel from Oscarbury, the bowler, who won the All-Ireland Intermediate title this year, the road bowling title. So she's stepping up to senior next year. And we have an interview with Maria in our um, end-of-year review. Um, what else we, Jack? There? I think you mentioned Christina Desmond, you said, deserves a mention of what she's achieved. I think she absolutely deserves a mention. I know I've been banging on about her for most of the year, but she has won two Irish elite titles in 2019 in the 69 kg category. And she's 
in pole position to be selected for the Olympic qualifier in London in either February or March. So big year coming for Christina Desmond, but she had a breakout year in 2019. She also managed to reach the quarterfinals at the World Championships and the European Championships, losing in both to the eventual winner. So she could have easily medalled had the draw been kinder to her. So Christina Desmond definitely deserves a mention. And just sticking to boxing and that part of the county, Nodi Murphy was in mm-hmm. action at Madison Square Garden on Saturday night. Madison Square Garden, of course, any boxing fans will know as the mecca of boxing. So it didn't go his way. He was he was comfortably beaten in the end. But to fight on that stage, that's the type of thing boxers can only dream of. So he's fought Huge. now at Madison Jesus. Square Garden. That's the scene of the great Ali fights from mm. from back when boxing was boxing, I guess the traditionalist would say. But Nolly Murphy, a McCroom boxer, unheralded in many respects. Obviously the Southern Star does their does a fair amount of coverage for him. But he fought at Madison Square Garden just Saturday night past, so I give a mention to him as well. I just want to mention too, actually, um, it'd be wrong me not to mention, the, the Cork Minor Ladies footballers and the Camogie team, they both won All-Ireland titles earlier in the year. And again, there was a very strong West Cork element on that. Um, go back to the, the, the Camogie success, the All-Ireland Camogie success. We There was five local players on that team and we had the five of them in a podcast earlier in the year. And one of those was Kira O'Sullivan, who's now won back-to-back All-Ireland Minor titles. And on both teams was Fiona Keating. Um, she's a, a dual star, Corsi Rovers. Um, she goes to school in Kinsale. But she won All-Ireland medals at both minor football and minor camogie this year. So, again, an incredible year for our young sport and talent coming up. So, as we've talked to some of the, like Snow Feely, kind of these legends of the sport, it's great to see Jack too, that there's, that that conveyor belt of talent we mentioned so much is still very, very strong. You know, kind of, it is a golden era for West Cork sport at the moment, but some of the talent coming up is is incredible. So it's good to see that the future of West Cork sport is in safe hands and fees. Yeah, and and fees and yeah, just everything basically. Everything. So um, we might as well finish up today's show by picking <clears throat> each of our moment of the year based on your list. Uh, I, I I lead us off because it's your list, so you get the final word. I'm going to pick my one. It's an easy one for me, really, just based on, on my own personal sporting interests. So Noah Feely's retirement and just his career as a whole. I know it, So it ended in 2019, so it's not one particular moment I'm going to give him. But just Noah Feely's career. And I guess if I had to pick one moment, it would be his win at Cheltenham on Eglantyne Desai. Eglantyne Desai and his post-race interview he gave to Lydia Hislop of Racing TV. Anyone who has any interest in racing would have been touched by the interview. I almost, I, I was sitting in my office pretending to work, but actually watching Cheltenham on on, on my laptop. And uh, no surprise yeah. there. <laughs> no surprise. It did. It, it, I, I was emotional in the office. I hadn't backed a horse. It was fifty to one outsider. I hadn't even noted the horse in, in my pre-race pre-race study. But sometimes it doesn't matter. It's just about the sporting moment. Yeah. And uh, yeah, his interview with Lydia was special. So. Congratulations to Noel on his retirement and hopefully we'll see plenty of him going forward whether he's involved in racing or in TV. Brilliant, oh, great moment. Um, shock, horror, I'm not going for rowing. <laughs> Will you, I, I know it kind of, it goes, against, believe it. It, it goes against the grain, you know, kind of considering that something in the water is still available in all bookshops across West Cork and beyond and there's yeah, still time to buy it. Yeah, you can get it online. I get it online and stuff. You, uh, it's available everywhere. And is there going to be an audiobook? Um once I'm not reading it I think that might be a possibility I think you've honed your skills on the mic this year 2019 has been a big year for you and your mic well not after my butchering of Beauvoir de Air is that better? <laughs> Beauvoir de Air Beauvoir de Air sorry yeah, Beauvoir de Air. that's perfect Beauvoir de Air so, um, try Sylvan Yako Conti there as well 
Cunty. <laughs> it's Cunty. But um, what I'm actually going to go for is that the St. James's story just struck a chord with me this year because it was such a kind of emotive and strong um, story, kind of. And it's the, the kind of the tale of a club that was down in its look and it kind of. Um, like Ryder Rover stuff really and it kind of railed against the odds and it became champions and it's almost like the Donnie's ladies in a way but there's something inspirational you can take from from a story like this kind of it's the stuff of dreams and when you see a club like St. James's win a junior A football title for the very first time and you you see what it means to the people involved and even the older guard who've been involved for years and what it can mean for the future of that club and the younger brigade coming up it's just a very very special moment for St. James's GM, GA club. So that was my highlight of the year. Um, it's it's rare you get kind of stories like that. So it's it's just fantastic. And, and it's what makes sport so special and so beautiful. And it just really, really struck a chord with me. So um, St. James's get my number one pick. Yeah, so shout out to St. James's. Shout out to Noel Feely. Shout out to all the sports stars mm-hmm. who have brought us so much joy in 2019. And hopefully there can be more of the same and more in 2020 here. And just to... To remind our listeners that the Southern Star on the, is out on the edition of the 27th. That's the, of course, it's out this Thursday as normal. That's, yeah, as that, normal. That's a given. But the following week, just after Christmas Day, as you're loosing your belt after your fourth helping of turkey sandwiches and you're trying to figure out what to do with the relish and all those jars of, <laughs> of little bits and pieces. That's, realistically, just, Jack, it's a bugbear of mine. I always find those jars of relish and marmalade and all those things... Um, your palate is very basic. You just wouldn't be able to appreciate something like uh, uh, a nice relish. Well, I, I appreciate relish, but not a full jar of it. But that's a different conversation. But um, So the, the, the star, that edition is out on the Friday, the 27th. So um, definitely pick along. So go that's along. Christmas week. Christmas week. Go Friday. Along. The star is yeah. out on a Friday. And we have our 2019 sports review. That's always worth to read. It's um, essential reading over Christmas it's a perfect way to say goodbye to 2019 before you open your arms and say hello 2020. Absolutely. So, um, so thank you again for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We won't be back at the same time next week. So um, if, <laughs> We'll be back in like two or three weeks. Back in two or three weeks. So just taking a, a well-deserved break. It's our first year of the Star Sport Podcast. So just want to say big thanks to everyone who's listened and engaged with us and probably put up with our, our rentings and our many mistakes over the years. <laughs> over the year Jack yeah many mistakes so thank you so much for listening um, we'll be back again in the new year so all that's left for us is to say is have a great Christmas and a happy new year thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast number one for sport in West Cork